0: It is well. Those words were spoken by a woman of great faith. And she said them right in the middle of while she was going through probably one of the worst things that could ever happen to a person in this life. She was a woman of great faith and her story is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. After Elijah was taken up to heaven by God in a whirlwind, the prophet Elisha became the main prophet in Israel and he took over for him and he would travel throughout Israel, performing miracles after miracles, uh, proving that what he was prophesying was from God, and preaching to people and trying to get them to repent. And he became well known in the land because of all of these miracles that he did, and. Uh, there were even many kings and armies would ask help from Elijah, and sometimes he would help them. And, but mostly he, was, he would help the common people, the poor, the lame, the sick. And Elijah would travel this kind of circuit from Mount Carmel to Samaria and to Judah and back. And he would go up and down this area prophesying and preaching to people and performing miracles to show God's power. And during these trips he would regularly pass through this little village called Shunem. And in this little village there was a notable woman that had a house on land and One day she persuaded Elisha to stop and eat with her and her husband. And so he did. And this became a habit so that every time Elisha passed by there, he would stop and eat with this woman and her husband. And one day she was talking to her husband about Elisha. and She told him, you know, I know this is a holy man of God. Why don't we build a small room for him? An upper room on that wall over there. And so that's what she did. And she put a bed and a table and a lampstand and a chair there so that he would have a place to stay overnight when he passed through. But the next time Elisha came through there and he saw uh, what she had done for him, he was really touched and, and grateful for what she had done. And So he stayed the night there. And when he got up the next morning, he had been thinking that he wanted to do something for this woman because of her kindness toward him. And so we had a servant that was always with him. Uh, his name was Gehazi. And he told the servant Gehazi to go and call the woman. And she came and stood before him. and He said, I want to do something for you because of all the kindness that you've shown me. What, what can I do for you? Uh, could I, you want me to talk to a king on your behalf or the army, perhaps? And he could do that. In fact, just right before this, God had saved the lives of three kings through Elijah and their armies. So he had pull. He He could pretty much give her anything she wanted. But she replied, I dwell amongst my own people. That's all she said. And then she left. She didn't need anything. Apparently, she, she was well taken care of. She didn't need a thing. Well, it bothered Elisha that he couldn't do something for this woman. And he just, he just thought about it and he asked Gehazi, he said, what should we do? For this woman, I want to do something for her. And Gehazi thought about it, and he said, "Well, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is really, really old. Why?" Well, she said, "That's it. That's it." So he called her back, and she came, and she stood at the doorway, and he said, "In one year, you will embrace a son." And she looked at him and said, Do not deceive me. And turned around and left. Well, sure enough, exactly one year later, she conceived and bore a son. And the child grew and she loved that boy so much. And then one day, her husband was working out in the field and the boy came running holding his head in his hands screaming my head, my head, my head and he ran up to her husband and he told the servant to pick up the boy and take him to his mother so he did And all morning, she held her son in her arms until about noon. And the boy died in his mother's arms as she held him there. So she picked up her dead son and took him up to the little room that she had made for Elisha. And she laid him down in the bed. And then she went outside and told her husband to have a servant saddle a donkey because she was going to the man of God. And he just asked her, why are you going there now? Why are you going there now? And All she said, she didn't stop. She just said, it is well is well her only son had just died in her arms and she just says it is well what great faith well she had the servant get on the donkey and told him to run as fast as you can to Mount Carmel And she said she was going to run along behind him. And that's what she did. And as she ran, she told him not to slow down because of her. Just keep going, unless I tell you to. Well, Elijah was in Mount Carmel up on a hill. And he sees her coming afar off. And he recognizes that's the Shunammite woman. And he tells Gehazi to to run down to her and find out how her husband and her and her child are. And so he does. When Gehazi gets to her, she doesn't even slow down. She keeps running. She just yells at him, It is well. And she runs up to Elisha. And when she gets to him... She falls down and grabs a hold of his feet. When Gehazi sees it, he goes to push her away. Elijah said, no, leave her alone. She is in great distress. And God has hidden this from me. Well, finally, the woman gets her breath And she looks up at Elijah and she says, Did I ask for a son? Did I not say to you, Do not deceive me? And then Elijah knew what had happened. And so he tells Gehazi to take his staff. And go as fast as you can to her house. And you put my staff on top of the child. And if anyone uh, tries to stop you, to talk to you, don't even stop. Just go straight there as fast as you can and do this. So Gehazi takes off and he goes and he gets to her house and he puts Elisha's staff on top of the child. But nothing changed. Well, looks down, and she's still holding on to his feet. And she looks up at him, and she says, I am not leaving you. So he says, okay. And so he gets up, and him and the woman head off on foot toward her house which was a 20 mile it was 20 miles away by the way. and they're going at a much slower old prophet's pace but they finally get there and Elisha goes up to the upper room where the boy is lying dead on his bed and He closes the door behind him and begins to pray. And then he lays down on top of the child and puts his face next to the boys. And when he does this, the cold body of the child begins to get warm. So Elijah leaves the room and goes downstairs and starts pacing back and forth in the room. And then he finally goes back up and does the same thing again. And as he does suddenly the child sneezes seven times and then opens his eyes. Alive. He is alive. Well, downstairs, Gehazi and the woman look up anxiously as he opens the door. And Elisha tells the woman, Embrace your son as he steps aside behind him is standing her little boy alive and though she wanted more than anything to run and pick up that boy you know what she did first she falls down on her knees and thanks God and thanks him and then she gets up and runs and picks up her boy so what can we learn today from this woman of faith one thing she made room for God's prophet in her house so do you make room for him in yours is the question. You know, you need to schedule time for Jesus in your busy life. This woman didn't just put up a cot on the floor. She made a room for him. A place for him with things he needed. And as an honored guest, if you don't block off time for Jesus in your busy life you're going to fill it with other things you just are so you have to make room for him in your life she was kind and content with what she had she was she demonstrated kindness to God's people She didn't ever ask anything for in return. She wasn't poor. She had things, home and a land. But her focus wasn't on her possessions and getting more. Her focus was on helping people with what she had, and that's something we can try to duplicate with all the things we have. We are truly blessed in this country. She faced great suffering with it is well. That's how she replied in the darkest times in her life. She had faith. She had faith in God. And she knew it was going to work out okay. That's not to say she didn't do anything. Her faith was a faith of action. She acted on her faith, didn't she? James 2 and verse 18 says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Do people see your faith today? Do people know how much faith you have or how much faith you don't have by the things you do? You can't fool anybody except maybe yourself. Think about your works, what you do every day. they show your faith in God? This woman's faith was shown. We see her faith by like what she did when she ran to God. She ran to the man of God for help, knowing that he could help her. John 3 and 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You can tell someone you love them as much as you want. But if you don't do something about it, the words are pretty useless. It's your actions that show your love. Another thing is she acted to save her child. She didn't trust just anyone to save him. But she held on to Elisha until she got what she needed we can't trust anyone to save us. or the people we love except the Son of God. Your family can't save you. A preacher can't save you. This church can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And the people you love. Make room for Jesus in your heart during the good times. So when trouble comes, you will have someone to go to and he will know you and he will help you. No one else can save you but him. This woman did what she could to save her child. So are you trying to save those you love? Our modern world has invented all kinds of cures and medical procedures to save people's lives. But they've also invented all kinds of things to kill them spiritually. Really spiritually toxic stuff out there that will turn their hearts away from God. So, you need to help them. You need to help them grow up to be like Jesus. To, to know Jesus. To have a relationship with Jesus. And that he can save them. Well, she's not forgotten. This woman is not forgotten. The story... The story of this Shunammite woman doesn't end here. Four chapters later, in 2 Kings chapter 8, God tells Elisha that there's going to be a great famine. And this famine is going to last for seven years. And Elisha remembers this woman. And so he tells her, you need to get your people and get them out. Take them, take them away to somewhere safe because this famine is going to be really, really bad. So she believes him. So she takes everything she has and she moves to the low land of the Philistines. And she lives there with her people for about seven years. And the famine is really, really bad. But they're okay. So after seven years, she comes back. And when she gets to her land and her house, she sees that other people have moved in there. Squatters have taken over her land. And people are living in her house. And she tells them, this is mine. This is my place you're living in. They don't care. They don't leave. And they refuse to go anywhere. And so she sets off to petition the king to get her place back. Well, it just so happens that at this time, Gehazi is at the palace meeting with the king. Because the king wants to know everything about Elisha and all of his, these miracles that he's been doing. And he wants to hear the stories about the mighty works that God has done through Elisha. And Gehazi is telling him everything. And as he's talking to the king, he looks and he notices the Shunammite woman is there at the court waiting, hoping to petition the king. And so Gehazi tells the king you remember that woman I told you about whose son was brought back from the dead. Well she's standing right there in your court waiting to talk to you. And so the king has her brought to him and He wants to know, in her own words, what happened. So he asked her about her son and everything that happened to tell him. And the story she tells is just the same one that Gehazi just told him. He knows it's true. And he is really impressed by her, so he orders that her land and her house and all is supposed to be returned to her. And not only that, She orders that all the profit that was made on her land for the last seven years that she wasn't there was to be given to her as well. Matthew 10 and 41 says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Have you ever wondered what you could do for Jesus after all that he's done for you? What could you do for him? This woman of Shalom, she wasn't a prophet, but she, she had a house. She had some land. And she used those things that she did have to help the prophet of God. And she received a prophet's reward. What do you have that you can use To help Jesus' kingdom. Do you have do you have some time? Do you have possessions maybe? Some things that could be useful in the kingdom? Do you have an ability to talk to people? There are many things that you can do to help Jesus spread His Word. And so look for those things that you can do and how you can use the things you have to help like this woman did. Her story has been an inspiration to people. And it should be an inspiration for us today. In 19, no, 1893, 1893, there was a preacher whose name was Elisha. Elisha Hoffman was his name. And one day he was visiting this woman in her home. And she was telling him about all the terrible things that have recently happened to her. Just one tragedy after another had befallen this poor woman. And she was very, very despondent, very discouraged. And after she told him all these things, she looked at him and said, Brother Hoffman, what shall I do? Well, quoting a scripture to her, and then he said, "You cannot do better than to take all your sorrows to Jesus." And she thought about it, and then she thought, "Yes." she hadn't thought of this before. She said, yes. She said, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. And as he left her house, this formerly despondent woman was beaming with joy. And she had a peace about her, he said. As he went home, her words kept ringing in his ears and when he got home he sat down and he wrote all the words to that song I must tell Jesus Philippians 4 and 6 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are you worried about something this morning? Do you have troubles in your life? Are you afraid of the future? What's to come? Are you anxious? Do you worry about things? I asked you this morning have you talked to Jesus about it? Have you talked to Jesus about what you're worried about? About what concerns you? About your troubles? your cares in life. Do you do that? Have you done that? Don't waste your friendship with the King of Kings. He can help you. If you would like us to pray with you this morning, please come. Sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.